Praise the Lord. Can we just give Jesus a big shout? Because He's worthy. He's worthy to be praised. Hey, um, I love to pray before I speak because I like the Holy Spirit to speak through me. But uh, let us lift our hands to the Lord. And uh, Lord, we welcome your presence into this place. I thank you that you are already here, but there's always more of you. We pray wide to top of you that you would come in your glory and your power, that you would touch every single person here. I yield my body to you that you'd speak through me. Your words, not my words, Lord. Your words, Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, let your spirit just move sovereignly, freely, powerfully. Let there be a radical shift in this place here in Kirikiri, Lord. I thank you for this place, Lord, which sits, Lord God, as a historical place of legacy, as a place where there's deep wells, Lord, as a place, Lord God, where you pour out your spirit from here into the rest of Aotearoa, Lord. I honor all those that have gone and that have labored in this place, and I thank you for the legacy that is here. Lord, I bless your name in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hey, uh, I just want to just thank you for inviting me, um, Pastor Paul and Ruth. It is so amazing to be here. I love your worship. That worship team was amazing. Thank you so much. And I really felt as I was just listening to the worship, the spirit of revival is here. And uh, this is not part of the message, but I felt the Lord say, prepare for 2019, because you're going to see radical growth, not just with the youth, but in this community. And those that you've been seeking after, those that you've been going for, the ones that in the hard basket to get saved, they're going to come. They're going to be touched. And God is going to honor. He's going to honor this house because you have labored, you have stood, and you have proclaimed the word. I was impacted in Kitty Kitty about uh, six years ago when I came to a conference that um, your pastors were a part of when I was still uh, learning about who Christ was, and it was one of the most amazing um, conferences I've been to, which had amazing impact on me and my wife, and uh, from that conference, I am where I am today, so I want to honor, honor your obedience in um, Kitty Kitty, and I'm um, such an such a honor to be here. Also, my friends, um, Ruben and Harmony, I know them uh, from back in the day. They're, they're, they're those people that you know back in the day. But uh, I, I spent um, 14 years touring and music and drumming in many bands, and they were, I was on the same circuit as them, so, um, so it's an honor to see Reuben, just a powerhouse for the Lord. I didn't know back then that he wasn't saved. I thought he was always a Christian because he, he was such a people person, and he just had the light of God in him back then. So it was only this morning that he told me he wasn't saved, so I was like, whoa, that's interesting. But uh, God has his hand on us before we were born, eh? Praise the Lord. Hey, and I also want to honor the tangata whenua of Kirikiri, Ngāti Rehi and Ngāpuhi. It's such an honor to be here in the sacred place of Ngāpuhi. And uh, I come from um, Ngāti Whātua Te Uriahau, which is the next tribe down. We start um, from Auckland and we go right up to, uh, I won't say the boundaries because I don't want to get into any, um, uh, that is not the boundary. But... Um, but the people from Kaoka Revival, they send their love and their greetings into this house. And uh, it's such an honor to be here. I'm so blessed to be here. Praise the Lord. So I was, I was thinking about identity. And um, I have the challenge of keeping my sermon to half an hour. <laughs> if you know Māori, they like to go on a little bit. We're, we're storytellers, so uh, I'm going to share a few stories today. But um, my journey in the Lord started about 10 years ago. When I was brought up in, on the road of music from a young boy, and uh, I, was session, I was a session drummer, playing in many bands, doing all that stuff, and I went home for a holiday, 
How many know when you're living a fast life, sometimes you need to go back to your roots, back to your home, back to your whenua? So I went back home, and I, I got brought up in the country, and so I went back, and as I was sitting at home, I was kind of thinking about my life, and I got stoned. And uh, don't act like some of you here have never got stoned before. <laughs> we are new creations in Christ. The old has gone. The new has come. So while I was pondering over my life, I was sit- sitting there, lying down, thinking, then I heard this voice, follow me. Jesus' voice, follow me. It wasn't a stranger's voice either, because it's the voice that I'd always heard my whole life. You see, I was running from that voice, because when you're a young person, the last thing you want is to follow Jesus. I'm just being real. I want to live a sinful life. I want to do the things that I want to do. I don't want to follow this God. And uh, so I said what any young person would say, there's no way I'll follow you. I said, I'll follow you when I'm an old man so I can make it into heaven. (laughs) See, I want to live a sinful life and make it into heaven. That's That's what I wanted, personally. And then another voice Another voice said, that's right. And it wasn't God's voice. It was the evil one's voice. And he said, I can give you all of this. And a screen came down in front of me and a vision of all the things that he could give me. And I wasn't a stranger to that voice either. And um, I looked at the screen and the Lord was to my left. And I said, that's what I want. Because for me and the Lord, I like to be real. I like to tell him how it is. If I'm struggling, I'm struggling. If I come to church, you know, sometimes you come to church and um, we act like everything's all good, and it's not all good. But if we don't recognize where we are, then we can't change. But if we try and be who we're not, then we never change, and we get stuck in that religious cycle of just going through the motions. So when I talk to God, I be real with God. And so right from back in that moment, I said, that's what I want, Lord, that right there. Long story short, a cross come down in mid-air. And it was in a vision. And then the Lord says, give up everything you see and follow me. Not with a fluffy voice, with an authoritative, commanding voice. This authoritative voice, he said, give up everything you see and follow me. And um, for me at that time, it was a moment, a crossroad moment where I had to make a decision. You see, because before I came to the Lord, I had already dreamed about heaven, seen Jesus coming with thousands of angels. So I'd already seen these things, and it was like he was chasing me down, and he was like, I'm going to get you now, boy. So there's family members out there that you're praying for. It's going to be all good. God has marked them. He'll send the right person to them. He'll release uh, the right strategy. He can speak to them through a dream. It doesn't matter. Just rest in the Lord and know that everything's going to be all good. So he was chasing me down. And so I wasn't raised in the church to to know about being born again. I was raised in the Rat in the church, and uh, I can't speak to them, so I don't know what they're saying. And so I was raised in the Rat in the church, but then the Lord said, give up everything you see and follow me. And uh, in that moment, I said, I'll give it a go. But I didn't just say, I'll give it a go from here. It was from here. And the reason why was there was this empty feeling in my heart that music couldn't fill. Music couldn't do it. The things that I love to do, it just couldn't do it. It couldn't take away this deep feeling of emptiness that I felt. Maybe you felt that feeling. Maybe you felt that feeling. It means you've got to surrender something over to Christ. The only way that you can get free is when you surrender. So uh, for me, I, I, I made from my heart a decision, I'll follow you, Lord. And if I make a decision, I'm going to stick to that decision. 
The next day, as you know, I experienced the clouds being white, the, 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 the sky being blue, the grass being green. It was the most amazing experience. And I was so hungry for Jesus. Who is this God? Who is this Jesus? I'll go to any church and just be burning for Christ. No matter if they spoke the word, it could have been a dry church. It didn't matter. I was hungry. Hungry for God. And I remember just praying this prayer over and over. I didn't know much. I didn't know the word. I didn't know how to pray. But I'd say this. I want to be closer, closer to you than my very breath, than the very skin. And it's just this prayer just kept coming out of me. And the reason why this prayer kept coming out, because every night I was getting tormented by a demon. So I needed to be closer to Jesus. The only thing that would give me comfort is being close in his presence. Because when you come to Jesus, it's not all rosy. We, we talk about Christianity. This 10-year journey has been an amazing, transformative experience, but full of many challenges and trials. So um, a lot of people come to Christ, and then they realize, whoa, what? you didn't tell me all these things are going to happen. So uh, backing up from that, the spirit was has to me. I couldn't sleep for a long time. And I always knew from when I was about three years old that I was going to cast out demons. Now, when I was young, I saw so much violence, I would look into the eyes of people and I would say, that's not that person, that's a devil. How am I, I going to get that devil out of them? My first deliverance that I saw, I wasn't born again. How does that work? I don't know, you tell me. But it worked like this. Maybe Jesus can help you, bro, because he's, he's manifesting hardcore. Call on Jesus' name. Maybe Jesus can help you. So call on Jesus. He got delivered. Amen. Isn't that awesome? So um, I was thinking about identity and um, our experience in God and, and what the commission of God is. And uh, there's something that, that is really strong in my heart for understanding the principles of the kingdom and extending the kingdom of God. Now, you've got to have a strong foundation in the kingdom before you can extend that kingdom. Everywhere I go, I preach the gospel, cast out demons, heal the sick, and win people to Christ as a lifestyle. Last year in our business, we saw radical miracles where every single person gets saved because we dedicate everything to the Lord. But they don't just get saved like, you know, pray a little prayer. They get saved out of a supernatural encounter with God. One person got saved. He was a, and the people that we're with, they're like big moldy guys and they're people that you don't muck around with. So you can't be fluffy with them. You kind of got to be on their level and be a bit staunch. If they want to go, then you go, come on then, let's have a go. You have a bit of laugh and have a bit of fun. That's how you got to be with moldies. You can't be fluffy because they're staunch. And if you come across as like, if you come, if you come across and like, hey brother, they'll eat you up. They'll, they'll take you for a ride. So you have to, be, you have to stand in your authority in Christ. So uh, if you want to win this community, get out there and just be bold and be passionate. So there's this guy there who was getting tormented by demons. And on his first day, he says, you know what? I've tried everything. I've been to like these psychic people. I've been here. No one can help me. I said, what's your problem? The Spirit comes upon me every night. And I said, well, well didn't it work? He said, no. I said, I know I can help you. He said, what is that? I said, Jesus. And at this stage, he was so desperate to go free that he wanted something to help him. So long story short, I said, would you like Jesus to help you? He said, yes. So I prayed, Jesus, help him. Asked him the next day, how was it? He said, it got worse. He said, it was worse. He said, the thing showed up even more. I said, okay, 
You need Jesus in your heart. Jesus is fighting for you, but you need him on the inside of you. Would you like him in your heart? He said, yes. He receives Jesus, and get this. He's so simple, I tell him, you can have an encounter with God. He's like, can I? How? Just ask him. Okay. So he comes back and tells me, hey, I've been having these dreams. I said, what is your dream? And then he says, there's this tornado that comes every night. And I said, what happens? This voice says, get in. So I said, what did you do? He said, he got in. Then I said, then what happened? He goes, I got taken up above the earth and came into this place where there's this amazing river. And on the side of the river, there's trees. And he's, he's describing Ezekiel when he has that vision. And he hasn't read the Bible. And he says, and I said, what happened? He goes, every night I progress. I said, where are you now? He says, I've come up to this throne. And I said, what is around the throne? Because I want to just hear what he's saying and not try and manipulate, you know, things. So I said, what was around? He said, there's these creatures with all these eyes. Revelation 4 talks about the, the cherubim, the seraphim that are around the throne. And so he's having an encounter with God. Another guy tried to kill himself outside of our church. And so he went about 180 k's down the hill trying to smash into a pole. And we have these problems happening in our community. We need Jesus to intervene. We need Jesus to transform the community. So I said, well, what happened to you? Because he, he wasn't dead. And um, he said, you won't believe it. And I said, tell me what happened. He goes, as my car was flying through the air, it moved around the pole. <laughs> and so I'm having it. I'm thinking, what? What did you say? He said, it moved around the pole. And then he said, then he says, then it just stopped because it should have smashed into all the houses and things. And I said, then what did you do? He said, he got so freaked out. He started the car up and went back. And I said, well, are you ready to give your life to Christ now? He said, yes, I'm ready. Amen. God has a way of winning your loved ones, your community, but you must be bold. And you must stand in faith and believe whatsoever you ask for, it's already yours. You just got to receive it. Isn't that awesome? I was thinking about identity, though, and um, what Jesus Christ has done to restore us back in right relationship with the Father. You see, Jesus modeled our identity. He modeled what we are to look like as a son and daughter of God, living in right relationship with the Father, extending the kingdom of God. So Jesus came to restore us back into right relationship, which is restoring us back into our identity. Amen? Everyone say identity. Identity. We were made in God's image and likeness. You and I were made in His image and likeness. So Jesus came to restore us back into that identity. And um, as he came to restore us, we see in the Word of God in, Mark, in uh, Matthew 4, talks about how Satan came to tempt him. Is it all good if I do some teaching and lay a strong foundation? Because this is the foundation that I live from to extend the kingdom. So you've got to understand this simple foundation concept that, that is in the Word of God. In Matthew 4, and I just want to apologize to Reuben, I was meant to have the notes here by Thursday. But um, I've had other speaking engagements, and I couldn't get ready. So, um, so you're going to have to just track with me. And um, in Matthew 4, we know the story where Jesus was tempted by Satan. Everyone know that story? Re remember what Satan said to Jesus. He said, if you are the Son of God, if you are the Son of God, command these stones to become bread. 
Then Jesus responded, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Father. Satan was saying, if you are the Son of God. He was trying to rob Jesus of his identity. These days we have an identity crisis where people don't know what they are. They don't know who they are. They don't know their purpose. They don't know why they're here on this earth. They just wake up, go to work, go home, eat and sleep and do it all over again without purpose, without meaning. Amen. You are here for a purpose. God sent you here to do something for his kingdom. So Satan tempts Jesus and he says, if you are the son of God, then he tempts him again. He tells Jesus to throw himself off that high point. And then Satan even uses the word and says, doesn't it say that you'll be lifted up in the hands of the angels and your feet won't even strike a stone? I'm paraphrasing, but I'm just going quickly because I want to get somewhere. Is that all good? But then the next area where Satan tempted Jesus, the first two was about identity. The next one was about purpose. Satan said to Jesus, he said, all of these kingdoms I can give to you if you bow down and worship me. You see, Satan was saying, I know what you've come for. You've come to restore the kingdom. But if you bow down and worship me, I will give it to you. You see, Satan, if he cannot rob you of your identity, he'll stop you fulfilling your purpose by trying to speed it up. He'll try to speed it up so that you are not ready and you'll be moving out of the timings of God and you'll end up falling short of what God has for you. Not only this, but he'll bring you through a different process. Everyone say process. The process for Jesus was that he had to die on the cross and be resurrected. Then he would inherit the earth and all of creation will be brought back unto him through his sons and daughters, which is us. Amen. So he tried to rob Jesus of his purpose. I usually say this saying, don't settle for an Ishmael when you can have an Isaac. Don't settle for an Ishmael when you can have an Isaac. If you know the word, you'll know what I'm talking about. Abraham was given a promise from God, but then he tried to help God. He tried to do it his way. He listened to his wife instead of listening to God. And because he listened to his wife... He, he, he forfeited what God had, but because of God's mercy, God brought it back around and said, no, listen to my first instruction, and that was that you are going to have a child through Sarah. Satan tries to speed up the process, and he tries to do it a different way. Amen? So the only way we're going to get to where God needs us to be is God's way, because the Word of God says the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. So... Let me just lay this out here a little bit further. Satan said, all of these kingdoms have been given to me. Or he says, all of these kingdoms I can give to you. Which means Satan inherited the kingdom, or he stole them through agreement. What happened? How did he steal the kingdoms? Or how did he take dominion? Who was dominion given to? Us. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 God said, let us make man in our image and in our likeness. Let him rule and have dominion, total authority. And then it goes on to say, let him extend, let him multiply, let him subdue the earth. Amen? 
So that was the original commission. But what happened? When man fell in Genesis 3, we came into agreement with Satan because we rebelled against God. Romans chapter 6 verse 16 says that you'll become a slave to him you obey. So through agreement, we forfeited the authority of God given by God, and we handed it over to Satan. And from that moment, God had to release his redemptive plan for Jesus to come and die on the earth, which he already set out before earth was even made. Isn't that amazing? The Word of God says the Lamb of God was slain before the foundation of the earth. So I want to tell you, no matter what you're going through, God already has the answer for you. It is already prepared for you. It is not on the way. It is already there. But by faith, you access what Jesus has already done, and then you walk into it now. So everyone say, it's going to be all good. Don't worry. I think us Christians need to stop worrying so much and trusting in God a little bit more. Isn't that awesome? Shall I go a little bit deeper there? Because this is the foundation that I want to get to. Genesis 1, the first three verses. In the beginning. Everyone say, in the beginning. God created the heavens and the earth, and then the word says, now the earth was formless and void. Then it says, darkness covered the earth. The Spirit of God was hovering. He was moving, and then God said, let there be light. So we have to understand this here before we can understand extending the kingdom as a son moving in God's purpose for your life. Amen? I'm not giving you something that doesn't work. I'm giving you something that has been tried, tested, and it works. Amen? So um, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and void. The very second sermon that I ever preached, I did so much study because I had so much questions. And I couldn't find the answer why there was darkness on the earth. Because a lot of Christians think that God created light out of darkness. But the key in that scripture is the word was. If you look it up in Hebrew, it means it became. It says the word, the, the earth was formless and void. The earth became formless and void. And if you look up the two words, formless and void, it means it became a devastated wasteland, desolate, destroyed. Does God make anything desolate? Does God make anything a wasteland? He doesn't. So what happened? So I went further on into the study, and you can look this up for yourself. Ezekiel 28 talked about how Lucifer fell. Jesus says, I, I saw him fall like lightning. So God had to recreate what was already here, and then he had to put his sons and daughters here to govern it. Amen? So what he did... This is amazing. I need you to catch this. And then, we, then I'm going to come into a point where, where you'll get it, and then you'll, you'll be like, I'm a son of God. I can do these things. Amen? So then God created the sea and then put the fish into the sea. He always creates the environment first. Amen? He didn't create the fish and then they die because they have no, no ocean to live in. He creates the environment. He created the trees and the plants, and then he got all the birds to inhabit that environment. Amen? What did he create for us? Not the earth, the garden, but not just a garden. The environment that you and I are to live in is the manifest Shekinah glory of God. 
He created this environment which was literally heaven on earth. We are to live from heaven to earth and heaven through us. Amen? So he created this environment which was his manifest presence in this place called the garden. We were to live in right relationship as a son and extend the kingdom. What were we extending the kingdom against? The word subdue is a militant term to push back. We were to push back the darkness that was already here, and as we were to extend and multiply and have children, we were to govern the whole earth so that the whole earth will be filled with the glory of God. Is this making sense? So Satan knew that he would be overcome and defeated by God's sons. So he had to steal that authority by deceiving Eve. Now catch this. Eve was deceived. Satan rebelled. Eve was deceived, sorry, Eve was deceived, Adam rebelled. He rebelled against God, and when Adam rebelled, we forfeited our authority. Coming back from that moment there, God set his redemptive plan into order by sending his son to die to take back what had already been stolen. Amen? So in other words, Satan was saying to Jesus, look, I know what you've come for. I can give it to you because he always wanted to be worshipped. He says, I know what you come for. I can give it to you. If you make one act of worship to me, I'll give you all of these kingdoms. Jesus, when he was in the garden, he cried out, Father, Father. He was crying out, and it was like with tears. He was crying out. He was more or less saying, is there another way? The Father said, no, this is, this is the way. This is the way that you have to do it. You have to offer your life as a sacrifice on the cross so that we can come back into right relationship with God. Isn't this awesome? So we are to extend the kingdom. Everyone say, extend the kingdom. We can't extend the kingdom if we're not in right relationship with God. You only have dominion through relationship, being righteous through Christ. You cannot have dominion when you're not in alignment with God. So Jesus, he knew what he had to do. We know the story. He died on the cross. He rose again. But then he came as the lamb who was sacrificed so that we can come into right relationship with God by believing in him. Then as we believe in Christ, we inherit the kingdom with Christ and become sons of God. Everyone say, I'm a son of God. You are a son of God with purpose. And that purpose is to extend the kingdom. A lot of us here as Christians all over the place, we, we focus our life on our career. We focus our life on things that don't have eternal value. These things are amazing, and that is good. And these are vehicles for the Spirit of God to move through you in your sphere of influence. But our main commission doesn't matter where you are, who you are. You are to tell people about Jesus and release the kingdom of God. This is not just for pastors, ministers. This is for every son and daughter of God. You have the authority and you have the dominion on the inside of you. It's time we just live it and do it. Amen. Wow, that was that was really amazing because I did all that in a few minutes. Which is a which is a, a miracle in itself for me. Coming back to identity, your identity is connected to your purpose, and your purpose is connected to your identity. When you know who you are, you know whose you are, and you know what you are, and you know what you're called to do. 
let us just make it real simple. For those of you who don't know what you're called to do, the Bible says, heal the sick, cast out the demons, extend the kingdom. That's what we're all called to do. Every single one of us are called to extend the kingdom, to be fruitful and to multiply. Isn't that awesome? I just think that is so awesome. Praise God. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Everything in the kingdom. Everyone say the kingdom. I'm a son of God. I am in your kingdom. In Jesus' name. Everything in the kingdom. I want you to catch this. So from that foundational place, we've been put back into right relationship with God through Jesus Christ. He's put us back into that place where we were meant to be in the garden, extending the kingdom, living in right relationship under the manifest presence and power of God. You can do nothing without the manifest presence of God. Everything you do without the manifest presence is you doing it on your strength. How do you know you're doing it on your strength? You get tired. You go into survival mode where you're just holding on. It's all good to be there, but don't stay there. Get back into where you need to be with the Lord and come back into that place of worship, worshiping Jesus like you did when you first came to him and keep that place of saying, Lord Jesus, you are worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy. Any of you has been in Christ a long time and you come up against many challenges. Sometimes we look at these challenges as the devil attacking us. But God looks at these challenges as opportunities for you to realize who you are as a son of God. He's saying, my son did it, Jesus. Now, what are you going to do? Are you going to follow his example? Sometimes we speak about the mountains, but we need to speak to the mountains. We need to not tell everyone what is going on, and we need to get into our place of authority and speak to that mountain. Amen? The kingdom of heaven, everyone say the kingdom of heaven. It is voice activated. It is voice activated. For the Spirit of God to move, He can do nothing unless there's a word. We don't know how long He was hovering over the waters, but He was waiting for a word. God is waiting for a word out of your mouth because you are a son, you are a daughter. The Spirit of God is already moving over Kitty Kitty, but He's waiting for a sound, a word, so that the Holy Spirit can go and do it. Amen? So we need to speak to our mountains. Move. We need to speak to sickness to move. We need to speak to anxiety and depression and suicide, all these things which are holding us down. We need to stand there, not bow down, not fall down, but stand there in the authority of Jesus and say, I'm a son of God. And I tell you now to move. I tell you now, I'm a son of God. I am in right relationship. I have access to everything in the kingdom and I access this resource by faith. And I say, move in Jesus' name. I don't know about you, but I just feel in my spirit, everyone here, as I say, sickness. And I want you to say, move. Amen. Here we go. Let's give it a go. Sickness. Demons. Anxiety. Depression, suicide, every power of darkness in the mighty name of Jesus. You see, you did that small activation of faith and right there you're already shifting and moving things. Amen. If you want your life to change, start speaking it. 
If you don't like your job, stop moaning about your job and start speaking. Start speaking. Start declaring. Start declaring over this church, over this nation. Speak it by faith. Psalms 103 says the angels of God hearken unto the word of God. They're listening and then they go out and excel in strength to perform it. That is the word of God living in us, coming out of our mouth. Isn't this awesome? One more thing. We are not who the world says that we are. Many of us grow up with stereotypes. I'm this, I'm that, and all of these different stereotypes which try to define who we are and hold us down. But you are not who the world says that you are. You are who God says that you are. And you are a son of God. Can we all please stand? You are a son of God. You are a joint heir. You are a co-laborer in Christ. You can do all things through Christ. You are the righteousness of God, washed and cleansed by the blood of Christ. And God says, greater is He that is in you. Now we need to get He who is in us out of us so that He can be released around us. Amen? I want to just release a declaration in this place. And uh, for me, I'm a family man. I've got three beautiful children, a beautiful wife. And um, I take the gospel very seriously. I love my family, and I don't like to spend time away from them just to have a little good time. I'm about the Father's business. I'm passionate for seeing the body of Christ raised up, extending the kingdom, and moving in realms of authority that we have never seen or heard before. Let me just say this. Maturity in the Lord has nothing to do with how long you've been saved. It has, had, it has everything to do with depth, intimacy, and relationship. Amen? So let's just declare, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, I am a son of God. No weapon formed against me will prosper. In the mighty name of Jesus, I release the kingdom of God here in Kirikiri. Here in Aotearoa, I declare and decree, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. Let your light be released over all darkness. I enforce the victory of Christ. And I tell everything, resisting you, Lord, to move in the name of Jesus. I am a joint heir and co-laborer. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Let me just pray. Let me just pray and then I'll hand it back to um, Pastor Paul here. You know, I wanted to honor this house. They gave me a boundary and I want to stick within that boundary. So I want to just stick to what the Lord has given me. But can I just declare something prophetically over this place? Hallelujah. When you're about to shift into a new season, God empowers you for that season. Because you cannot take what you had in the new season. He has to empower you so that you can go into the new season with the new wine. And part of that empowerment, as I seen in the Spirit while I was speaking, I saw mantles being released. Mantles of empowerment. 
that are going to be released upon the sons and daughters of God in this place. And as I release this word, I want you by faith, some of you are going to start to feel the presence of God in a strong way. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. I'm just getting now, there's there's prophetic mantles that have been released to speak into the heart of God and speak from the heart of God as a son of God, revealing who the Father is. There's prophetic mantles. Hallelujah. You know what God is doing on the earth now? He's raising up kingdom businesses. There is mantles here because there's an entrepreneurial spirit in Kitty Kitty where businesses will flourish. If you're a businessman, there is mantles so that you can do, operate your, your business in the way of the kingdom, where your business won't be just a business, but God's business, and where you have sons and daughters who become a family in this place. So um, there's two mantles that I see, prophetic mantle and a business mantle to extend, multiply, and increase so that you can handle the wealth of God for the kingdom of God. Kitty Kitty is about to experience exponential growth. The housing market, the economy is about to explode in this place. And you're going to have to be a son of God so that you can cultivate what God is doing and be a caretaker, facilitate what He's doing. Otherwise, if you don't do it, the wicked will take it. Because the rain falls on the righteous and the unrighteous. We are the ones who must put up your hands and say, Lord, I'm going to take what you're releasing from heaven. Amen. So all of those, I'm not going to ask you to come out of your chair, but you know that you've got a prophetic gifting. Now, this is not to put you on a pedestal or anything like that. This is so that you'll be released. There's some prophetic callings that are, that are for intercessory prayer that are to be used in that quiet place. God is just going to empower you for a next season. I want you, as a bold act, just to raise your hand, and I'm going to count to three and release those mantles in this place. Lord, in the name of Yeshua, in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord. Thank you for your ministering angels, Lord, which are in this place, which are sent to those who are heirs of salvation. We thank you for the atmosphere of heaven shifting and moving in this place right now, Lord. On the count of three, Lord God, right now, the presence of God is coming around you. Some of you will feel a presence like like someone is standing behind you. Just wave your hands if you're feeling that right now. Heaven is in this place. This is a gateway for heaven in this place. Father, on the count of three, one, two, three, I release that mantle now in Jesus' name. Just rest in the presence. Now, the next one, those of you who you're already a businessman and you, you, or you want to start a business, there's a grace in 2019 for that. Just raise your hand. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Yeah, and um, the person down the back there, the moment I saw you, the Lord said, he's my businessman. And uh, when I saw you, the Lord was saying, he's going to entrust to you more than what you can think and ask and imagine because he's found you to be trustworthy and a good manager, a good steward of what he's given you. In the Word of God, it says God never sent the rain because he had no one to work the ground. He had no one to manage the resources that he had. But God has found in you, he's found in you that heart of compassion and love to manage what he's going to send your way. 
and you're going to see radical growth, corporate companies, things opening up beyond what you can think and ask and imagine. But it's not going to be you striving or pushing, but you resting God, bringing the right people in, and it's just going to happen. It's just going to flow. So in the name of Jesus, Lord, I release Father right now. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Can I ask, can you come forward? The Lord said He wants you to release this mantle. And just pray from your heart. You've got no idea how how accurate that is. It's happening already. (laughs) Oh, Lord Jesus, we thank you that this is all about you. And Lord, you found me trustworthy because you live in me. You live in me, Lord. And I release this mantle now in Jesus' name for businesses to thrive, for money to be released into carry, carry, for your work, for your calling. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. I would love to have more time and open these things up more, but I thank you that you're a house that I feel like family, which is enabling me just to move straight in there. So um, if you don't know what a mantle is, it's like a kōrūai, a supernatural empowerment that comes upon you. It is like God's Spirit resting on you, empowering you to do what you cannot do on your own, but God empowering you to do it by His strength, by His power, by His Spirit. Everyone that, that is here that you've received something, I just want you to wave your, wave your hands. And I'm just going to scatter around the room. The brother down there, you there, God has made you as a chain breaker. You're, you're someone that will stand on the front lines and you'll have no fear. You'll have no fear. And you'll be able to look the enemy right in the eyes and you'll tell him to bow down and he'll bow down to you because you carry that authority in your voice. But there's been a challenging time in your life where sometimes you're like, Lord, am I truly a son of God? Lord, what, what is going on with my life right now? The Lord wants to confirm that you are his son that He loves you, that He's proud of you, that He's pleased with you. And if you just take His hand and say, Lord, I'm going to surrender to you, in 2019, you'll see radical things. You'll see healings. You'll see miracles. You'll see God use you. And people will come around you, and they'll start to share what they're going through. And you'll, and you'll think, why are they sharing this to me? They feel safe when they're around you. You'll, you'll be like a safe house, and people will feel like, man, I feel like I can just share. And the Lord is saying, you just share as a father and just say, hey, hey, you're going to be all good. And just release a blessing. You don't have to do a big religious prayer. Just say you're going to be all good. And the Spirit of God will move through you in a powerful way. Hallelujah. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I release the prophetic in this place at a whole new level. Let the rivers of the prophetic flow in this place, Lord God. Lord, I can feel such a strong river of the prophetic, Lord, flowing into this place. I can go on and on, but I don't want to, Lord. I want your people to catch this, Lord, and move in it in a whole new realm, Lord. Father, I release that in this place, Father, right now, Lord God. Right now, right now, right now, right now. Anyone here, you haven't given your life to Jesus. If you haven't given your life to Jesus, it is the greatest experience that you can ever have. It is the greatest experience. If you haven't given your life to Jesus, I want you on a count of three, and I want you just to raise your hand. Or you're living for Jesus, but you know that there's more, and you know that there's something you're holding on to that you just want to surrender over to Christ right now. I'm going to do this quickly, but the Spirit of God is already knocking on your heart right now. On the count of three, raise your hand. You want to give your life to Jesus. Raise your hand. There's people over this room. 
Raise your hand. You want to give your life to Jesus. Thank you, Bryce. See, raise your hand right now. You want to give your life to Jesus. Some of you here have been inspired by the stories you're hearing. Raise your hand if you want to see God use you in a supernatural way. Raise your hand. The reason being, I didn't give up lifestyle of music to be bored, to be a boring Christian. I didn't give up that lifestyle. I was having heaps of fun there, and I wanted to stay there, to be honest. I didn't give that up to be bored. I gave that up to serve Christ and do what He has done. So raise your hand if you want more of God. I'm going to release something over your life. Get this. This was released over me when I came here. And it was released by um, Prophet David Peters. He released a grace for hunger. That hunger got on me and it never left me from that moment. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus, I honor what you poured out in this place, which has affected my life, Lord God. And freely I receive, so freely I give. You have given me this radical hunger to be thirsty for more and more of you, Lord. Everyone here who's in faith and in agreement, I release that hunger in this place right now. I release the wind of the Spirit, Lord, that they'll be hungry for your word, that they'll be hungry for prayer, that they'll be hungry, Lord, to do the things of Christ and lay down things that they're doing that are not of you. I release that right now, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus. And I want everyone just to say, Lord, I'm hungry. I'm thirsty for more of you. And for those that raise their hand to give their life to Jesus, say this, Jesus, I give you my life. I surrender my life. You are the Son of God. You died for my sins. Forgive me for all of my sins. Come and live in my heart as my Lord, as my Savior. Move through me in your supernatural power, Lord. Have your way in the days to come. In Jesus' name. Amen.